0: Amen. And uh, we're going to look at that again this morning and uh, we'll just see which way the Lord leads. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this great gathering this morning. We're here to hear from heaven. And so we, we set our hearts to hear from you. Lord, we pray that the eyes of our, our spirits would be, just be flooded with light concerning your goodness in our lives. Father, we thank you that you have called us together today to be an army, part of the army of the Lord. And so we receive with a teachable heart the word of God today. We give you praise. We give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now notice with me, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself For your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. And I will make your name famous and distinguished. And you shall be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Now pay particular attention to that specific phrase, And you shall be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Our prayer daily should be this. God, make me a blessing. Help me to be a blessing to the people around me. Help me to be a blessing to my friends. Help me be a blessing to my relatives. In all of my relationships, in everything that I do, and everywhere I go, I'm conscious of this fact that you have blessed me in order that I might be a blessing. And being a blessing simply means this, that we start then dispensing good to others. Did you know that the fruit of goodness is on the inside of you? And God has called you and I to flow in the goodness of God and to show forth his love his life and his light to the people around us. That's a blessing right there. When you think about it, how many of you are married here today? How many? Look, look at all those hands. All you guys, most of you guys are married. And uh, so, think about this: you can be a blessing to your wife. You can be a blessing to your wife. Look with me over to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. How can I be a blessing to my wife? Well, look at Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and we'll notice something over here in the, oh, let's see. I think it's right around verse 25. Help me to be a blessing to my family. Help me be a blessing to my husband. Lord, you've blessed me to be a blessing. Ephesians 5. Yeah, 525. Notice this. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also has loved the church and gave himself for it. Well, when you think about how much Christ loves the church, how that he gave his life as a ransom for all, Mm -hmm. how that he laid down his life for his friends and how he did it. Out of a motivation of pure love. The Bible says that he so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. And so to be a blessing to your wife. Is to love your wife like Christ loves the church. Christ loves the church unconditionally. We're to love one another unconditionally. We are, as husbands, to speak kind words over our wives. As wives, you are to reverence your husband. That is, you are to show respect to him. Have you ever just gotten up in the morning and said, Lord, help me to be a greater blessing to my husband? Lord, help me be a greater blessing to my wife? Somebody says, well, I... I can't love my wife. I can't love my husband the way that Christ loves me. You're wrong. You're wrong about it. You see, God has furnished you and I the love of God on the inside. The Bible says it's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which has been given unto us. And so the capability and the capacity... To love your wife, to love your husband, to love one another is on the inside of you. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, say this with me the love of God, love of God. Has, been has been shed abroad in my heart, in my heart. By, the Holy Ghost. by the Holy Ghost. What does love do? Well, love is patient, love is kind love endures long love believes the best of every person if you're going to be a blessing in your generation if you're going to be a blessing in your home, in your household, then you must learn to walk in the love of God and there will be love tests there will be things that will come after your love walk You know, if there was nothing to come over, you'd never be an overcomer. (laughs) How many of you know that we need to look at one another and see one another the way that God sees us? You know, he values us. He loves us. And he doesn't see all of your imperfections. God sees the end from the very beginning. And so if you hit a rough spot in your marriage or in a friendship or in a relationship, remember that God is long suffering and that he is patient and that he endures long. Mm -hmm. You know, another characteristic of the love of God is this, is the love of God believes the very best of every person. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I know better. I can see better. I can feel better. But you don't walk by what you see. You don't walk by what you feel. You don't walk necessarily by what you know. You walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Now, I was a project when I first got married. And I am so glad that Brenda saw beyond the flesh. She looked beyond my flesh and she saw the gold that was on the inside of me. And you know what? He that's begun a good work in me and you, by the way, he is committed to complete it until he returns. Amen. 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 And so you've got to, you've got to spend time with God and pray. And you've got to ask God to show you how you can love your mate, how you can love your friends, how you can be A blessing to one another. Amen. And I believe this. My dear friends. It all starts in the home. I believe that our Christian witness is only effective as our home is stable. Now sometimes we experience rough spots. Sometimes you know people get separated. Sometimes people get divorced. Well you know what? The love of God is there for them too. And you know what the love of God does? The love of God picks people up. And the love of God restores. And the love of God gives a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be a blessing in life, learn to walk in love. (laughs) Learn to live in the love zone. Mm -hmm. You know, I discovered this, that love never fails. And that in life, you and I can always take the high road. What is the high road? The high road is the higher life. It is the road of the love of God. And how many of you want your faith to be operating at its full measure? Well, if you want your faith to operate at its full measure and be in a position to receive the blessings that God has for us, we must then walk in the love of God. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 6 or 6, 5. I get confused at which one, but that doesn't matter. The the, the scripture says that faith works by love. Amen. So say it with me real strong today. The love of God God has been shed abroad abroad in my heart. heart. I walk walk. and I take take. the higher road, The road the road of love. Think about it. Think about it. Just think about how much better of a witness your Christian life would be is if you saw the world the way that Jesus does. You know, anybody can curse the darkness. Anybody can talk about how bad things are. And, you know, things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. I watched some Christian program the other night and man, the way they talked about the end times and the end days that we weren't going to have any water, that we weren't going to have any food, and that it was going to be so tough, you know, that we're just going to, we're going to, don't know if we can make it or not now. Don't know if we can make it or not, but we're all just going to kind of barely get into heaven. That's not what my Bible says. I don't know what Bible they're reading. My Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. My Bible says that my father is love, and if he takes care of the birds of the air, he's sure going to take care of me. My God's got every hair on my head numbered, and I don't care what's going on in the world concerning this tribulation or that pressure. My God will see to it that we've got food, we've got water, and that we're fully equipped to do what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. And so what we need to do is not curse the darkness. We need to be light in the darkness. We need to be salt in a world that needs to be preserved. Now, you'll never be able to see people the way that God sees them. You'll never be an effective witness unless you are developed in the love of God. Pray to see people the way that God sees them. Just think about what a rascal you are after all. Just think about what you came out of. Just think about what God's done for you. Come on, somebody. And so part of this blessing that we're talking about is that we are a blessing. And that we are dispensing good to other people. Amen. Amen. Did you know that as a Christian that you are called an ambassador? What is an ambassador? Well, we have ambassadors in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, as people go over to, let's say, for example, uh, Korea, or they go over to Europe, they are representing the United States of America, right? We could say that they're diplomatic ministers under the order of the United States government. Well, as ambassadors for Christ, you and I are under the Commander-in-Chief. And the Commander-in-Chief has sent you and I into this world to be a blessing. To tell people how much God loves them. To tell people that not only is God a saving God, but He's also a healing God. And that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. You know, the Bible says this that a wise ambassador, look at your neighbor and say, I'm full of wisdom. I'm full of wisdom. The, 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 the wise ambassador, what that person does is he brings healing to people amen. all around him. Yes, amen. And so part of this blessing is dispensing good, or we could say it this way dispensing God to other people you and I are to be so full of God and so full of love that everywhere we go we make a difference you and I are atmosphere changers you and I are world changers and the way we do this is because and by the love of God and by being filled with the spirit of God So say it with me, I am am a blessing blessing, and I will will dispense dispense good good to other people. people. Well, that didn't cost you anything. Amen. 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 Now notice with me over in Galatians chapter 3 verse 9. Galatians the third chapter, the ninth verse says, So then, they which are of faith or be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 10. For as many as are the, of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is one that continueth not in the things which are not written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evidence that just shall live by faith. Now notice this with me this morning, that righteousness is not based on what we do. But righteousness and the blessing is based on what Jesus has already done for us. Notice with me in verse 13 and verse 14, and read it with me. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Now mark this down in your spirit. No more curse of the law for the believer. You cannot curse whom God has so richly blessed. The blessing of the Lord, the scripture says, is upon his people. And one of the marks of the blessed life is the favor of God. So we discussed last week how that God has granted us favor and that his favor is for a lifetime And the way that we activate the blessings of God is we make continual declarations of His blessings in our lives. And as a result, we have continuous manifestations. Now the word for you this morning, in addition to what I've already said about the love of God, is this. God has got an awesome plan for your life. I want you to see this in the NIV of Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. In Jeremiah 29, and verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now let's couple that with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Version. Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. Here's what I want you to see the last part of this. He has made available to us paths. Here's what I want you to see. Which He has prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them. Live in the good life. Which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now I want you to keep that up there if you would. God has prepared a good life for you and for me. But we must be in a position to receive what he's prepared for us. Now the word prepare, say this with me, he's prepared things ahead of time for me and my family. And we're going to walk in them. Now listen to this definition of the word prepare. Prepare simply means to make all things ready, to put things in suitable order order, or to take the necessary previous measures, to prepare or to be prepared also means to make one's self ready. I've got a question for you today, and only you can answer it. And that question is this, are you prepared for what God has prepared for you? See, he's prepared some things for us, but are we ready for it? Are we in position to receive it? Are we prepared? I'll personalize it. Am I prepared for what he has prepared for me? I don't think that there's any question in our hearts or in our minds that he's prepared good things. You know, you can think of several scriptures, Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All the things we've said last week and this week, we've built the case that God is a God of blessing. God is a good God and He loves us. Like Keith Hershey says, He's not mad at us, but He's mad about us. Is that right? Now, one other scripture I want to look at and then I want to talk to you for a while. 1 Corinthians... 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it is, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Say prepare. Now notice, this is an interesting verse of Scripture. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the what? I like that. That's plural, isn't it? The things... Which God has prepared. So what that says to me, the word hath is past tense. I believe this, from before the foundation of the world, God prepared some things for you. Somebody says, yeah, but my eye hasn't seen it. My ear hasn't heard it. What do I do about that? Well, next verse, verse 10. Here's what you do about that. What does it say? But God has revealed them unto us by what? So let me ask you a question this morning. Has God revealed to you some things that he's prepared for you? Are you walking in them? Have they been put off? Not because of him, but maybe because of us. I'll be honest with you, I'm getting to a place right now in my life where I feel like God's ready to use me. Greater. And so God's been working on this old boy. Has he been working? How about you? Has he been, has he been arranging some things in your life? Maybe, you know, cut this out. You know, add this to your life, those types of things. You know, we don't want to get into an ultra holiness message, but, you know, holiness has something to do with our preparation for God because God wants to use clean vessels. Amen? Amen. Now notice this, that God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. You've just told me, you've just said that you already know some of the things that God's prepared for you. And by the response, when I asked you, are you walking in them, you may be walking in some of them, right? right. But you're not walking in all of them. How many of you want to walk in all of them? Yeah. So this, this preparation, this aspect of, of being prepared is, is to, to make oneself ready. It is being prepared for God's prepared blessings now let me just use a few illustrations if I may today for example if a person is single and they have a heart's desire to get married they should not be looking for that man or that woman to make them complete I just know that you know once I find my soul mate then all these other things in my life will go away. That's a deception of the devil. So then what does, it, what does a single person do on the road, amen, while they are about to be married? What they do is they get themselves together. They get themselves together spiritually. They get themselves together intellectually, emotionally. They get themselves together physically. Amen. You know, if you're wanting a model-type woman to be your wife, then maybe you better work on your belly. And we don't want to meddle there. But what about getting yourself together financially? Getting out of debt. Well, I'm looking for my, you know, my knight in shining armor that makes a lot of money. Then all these credit cards will be paid off. What about doing your diligence today and taking care of those credit issues right now? See, it, it's it's in this area of being prepared for what God has prepared for you. Moving right along. Over the years. Um, We've seen young couples uh, get married and pardon the expression, but you know, they were burning with lust and they were too hot to trot and instead of going through the counseling that was available here at church, they went up to Vegas or went up to Reno and got married because you know, everything's going to be all right. Well, after the honeymoon is over... Then all of these issues start surfacing. See, they weren't prepared for marriage, and I'm sad to say, as a result of not being prepared for marriage, many of them are divorced. You see what I'm saying? And so, how would how would you prepare yourself for marriage? You'd have pre-marriage counseling. That's right, amen. You would have pre-marriage counseling. Because in pre-marriage counseling, you prepare yourself to become one flesh with your mate. And then, after sometimes, after a number of years, people are married. And all of a sudden, their marriage was at a 10. Now it's like at a 5 or a 4. And they need a tune-up. They need some counseling. They need some help. And so, if you want to, to have your 50th anniversary... If you want to have your 10th anniversary, for some of you, five, you need help. You need help. You need marriage counseling. You need to make sure that you're prepared for the road that is ahead. Now, here's another area. Ministry or simply seeing the blessings of God in your life. The Bible says that a faithful man shall what? Shall abound with blessings. So I believe this. I know this from my own life, but it's not just true for ministers. It's also true for people in the marketplace. You've got to be faithful and you've got to be loyal in what God has put before you today. Look at with me over at Luke chapter um, 16 and verse 10. See, there are some things down the road for you, but you'll never get to the things that He's prepared for you down the road unless you're loyal and faithful and true to the things He's given you to do today. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, He that is faithful, everyone say, I'm faithful. faithful. It says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. But he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches of God? Read verse 12 with me. And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, Who shall give you that which is your own? Be faithful today. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Be faithful to tithe. Be faithful to serve. Be faithful to read your Bible. Be faithful to do what you've been taught for so many years in this place. Don't just come in here and be a hearer of the Word and look for Pastor Mark or Pastor Brenda or Pastor Tom or Reverend Donnie Moore to entertain you. This is not about entertainment. This is about life change. This is about taking the Word of God, applying the Word of God, doing the Word of God, and that man and that woman will be blessed in their doing. It's not just about getting our emotions tickled at church and giving some sort of an emotional release. (laughs) Hey, I don't mind that. I think it's good. Swing from the chandeliers. We don't have any, but in your heart, swing, baby, swing. You know, fall out on the floor, get pinned to the floor. Awesome, great. But how are you living and how are you acting when you leave this place? Oh, I know I'm preaching good now. I believe this, that faithfulness is the call for the day and faithfulness is the call for the hour. Faithful husbands, faithful wives, faithful church members, faithful sons, faithful daughters. The faithful are the ones that are going to be getting blessed. I'm tired of people saying, well, I, 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 I just... I came to this church because I wasn't getting fed in the other. And then two, three months from now, they'll say, well, pastor used to have it, but he's just not feed me anymore. Maybe if you'd roll up your sleeves and get off your blessed assurance and find something to do, you wouldn't be such a cruisomatic. Whoa. Holy moly. (laughs) All right. So I got that out of me. Settle down, big guy. Settle down. Be faithful. I can remember when uh, I was 16 years old, When as soon as I turned 16, guess where I wanted to go? I wanted to get my driver's license. And so I got my dad down there at the place to take me. And I got in the car and I took the driver's test and I passed the test. For me to pass that test, I had to be prepared. I couldn't just go. I barely passed the test. <laughs> but, but I did pass the test. Preparation. Preparation. Because, quite frankly, the test is coming. Are you listening to me? The test is coming. One person said it this way. To be prepared is half the victory... That success comes when preparation meets opportunity. Success comes when preparation meets opportunity. There are going to be some tests. Now, one of the tests that the children of Israel faced was the trust test, right? God said, I've given you the land. But just because he had given them the land did not mean that the land was going to come to them automatically. They had to go out and they had to... Possess the land. And so, in order for them to possess the land, they sent out a reconnaissance to see how they were going to take the land that God had so freely given and prepared for them ahead of time. Well, we know and understand that 12 spies went out and two brought back a good report, but 10 brought back a bad report. And the bad report hindered the children of Israel from going in for generations. But eventually they made it in. So here's the situation with the children of Israel. They could not enter in because of their unbelief. Or we could say it this way, because of their lack of trust. You've said it, God's got some things prepared for you. But it's going to take trust. It's going to take some faith. Because there are days where it's going to seem like this will never come to pass. There are days where it will seem like my loved one will never come to Jesus. There are days where your body will feel like it will never be healed. You've got to pass the test called trust. 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 No matter what it might look like, Lord, I'm trusting you. No matter what might be happening in my life right now, I'm trusting you because I know that at the end of the day, you've got great things in store for me. And that I know if I just keep walking by faith and not by sight and walking by trust and not by my feelings, I know that ultimately things are going to turn for the glory of God. Oh, God blesses people who will trust him. Trust in him with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Pass the trust test. We all face trust tests every day. day. Even when you don't understand things. Even when loved ones around you have gone on to be with the Lord early. Even when you have family members that, that are so sweet and so lovely and so nice. And yet they went to an early grave. You've got to trust God. There's things that you just don't understand. There are things that don't make sense up here. Are you listening to me? But we're not going to back off from God just because we lost a loved one. We didn't really lose them. We know where they're at, right? And soon and very soon we're going to be with them. So fight the good fight of faith as long as you can. But you trust Him. You trust Him. And you release things that you don't understand to Him. And you'll say, Lord, in the midnight hour, I'm putting my trust in You. You know that blesses your Heavenly Father? The Bible says that without faith, and we could say it this way, without trust, it's impossible to please Him. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever had something happen to a dear one in your life that was a good person and yet all hell broke loose on him? I can't stand up here and tell you why. But I can tell you that God is still good. And that God is good. And that we live in a world that has fallen. Are you listening? And so we're going to trust Him anyhow. Now there's another test that we've got to pass. It's the money test. You're going to trust Him with your tithe or not? You don't tithe to please me. You don't tithe because there's a need. You tithe because you love God. The principle of giving, the principle of tithing, whatever you want to call it, sowing and reaping, that principle is a law. It's not under the law. It was initiated before the law. But it is the law of seed time and harvest. And how many of you know that if you get a harvest, you've got to sow some seeds. And if you're looking for instant pudding, or if you're going to some seminar where they're pulling levers, and they're saying, if you'll give $1,000 tonight, your debts will be canceled by tomorrow. That's not the law of seed time and harvest. It really isn't. It's the law of miracles. And miracles can happen. But miracles don't always happen. But what we can count on and what we can be sure of is that if we'll plant our seed in the ground faithfully and we'll water it with faith confession and we'll water it with praise that sooner or later there's going to be a harvest come up. And the harvest is always greater than what we've sown. Woo, Glory to God. But you've got to pass the money test. If you really trust God, will you trust Him with your money? There are some principles for preparation that we don't really have time to go into today. But we'll talk about them a little bit in the near future. The first one that I want to say is this. To be prepared, you've got to be knowledgeable. You know, if you want to start a daycare in California, you just can't put a shingle out. Come on, bring your kids. Drop them off at 6 in the morning, pick them up at 6 at night, everything will be good. You're going to get in trouble that way. There's study. There's knowledge. There's knowledge. That is important to be prepared. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And then there's training. Everyone say training. training. I want us to look in, in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 from the message translation. Are you prepared for what God's prepared for you? Are you ready? I was not ready when I was first married at the age of 26, 27 years old for what I'm doing today. I wasn't ready. There was preparation. There was training that was necessary. Look at this in verse 7 and 8. It says, Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise or train daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness. Police Next verse. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so making you both making you fit both for today. Come on. Making you both fit today and forever. I did a series called In Training. And one of my major points in that series was this, is there are many things we try to do that we should be training to do. When you're training to do something, how many of you know that God will be there to instruct you? We try to overcome temptation. We try to be kind. We try not to worry. But we we should train ourselves to do those things. You can't try to overcome pornography. You can't try to overcome temptation. You've got to be in training for it. Living the Christian life involves training. And training is part of your preparation. When we say, I'm trying my best, we should be saying, I'm training to be my best. When you're training to be your best, you're progressively getting better and better and better. Prepare yourself. In closing, look at Psalm 23, verse 5. Get anything out of this today? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Psalm 23, 5. Let's read it with me. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies... You res- revive my drooping head. So, great big huge table prepared, right? Huge table prepared. But guess what? It can be prepared and you not show up, you not get it. That's right. You come to the table. I believe this that across America today, there are words from heaven coming forth from several pulpits all over the United States. Don't you know T.D. Jakes is shucking some corn today? Don't you know Creflo A. Dollars preaching a good one down there in Atlanta? I mean, good word, good word, prepared for the people of God. And yet, even though there's a prepared word, oftentimes people don't show up. And they miss out on God's blessing. That's not us. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Hallelujah.